Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Jan. Welcome to the Lamplighters Podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. And we are grateful to be on the journey with you this year as we travel through the Bible following the stories of some of the women who have impacted our faith. Last week, we finished the story of God's salvation of His people through Queen Esther. This week, we have a longtime friend back with us to take us into the New Testament. Yay, we have finally arrived (laughs) in the New Testament. And we begin with two more women who were crucial to the arrival of the long-awaited Messiah. So we have Meredith Weatherby. Weatherby back with us. Welcome back, Meredith. We're always excited to have you, and I can't wait to hear what you have for us today. So it'll be good. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, (laughs) Jan. I love getting to be here with you guys. Thank you. Um, I think... Most of all, we should get started today. We have a lot of ground to cover. Mm -hmm. As you said, we've been studying Esther for the last three weeks. I've actually loved it because um, it was an interesting and lovely change of pace. We've we've been having lessons with eight pages or seven pages. And for the last three (laughs) weeks, we've been in the same woman, the same Mm -hmm. story, and maybe only two or three pages. So we really got to go into depth um, studying about Esther's life and her bravery and to be faithful and prayerful and courageous at Mm -hmm. a time when God called her to do something. That would bring about the salvation of his people. But today, it's the opposite. We have fast-forwarded quite a bit from our lesson last three weeks, from three weeks ago, and we have a lot to cover today. Um, But I don't have time to go into all of it. But when we left Esther, it was hundreds of years ago. Jan, you actually have a really great summary of this, don't you? Well, can you catch us up on the time between Esther and where we are today? More or less. Esther was kind of the last of the Old Testament. There were some prophets that were prophesying about that time. But but we can view her as kind of the last of the historical books in the in the Old Testament. And when she finished and those that current crop of prophets finished, then it was 400 years Hmm. before we hear from God again. Now, in the meantime, some Jews had returned to Jerusalem. They had rebuilt the walls. They had rebuilt the temple. And Jerusalem was once again the center of Jewish life, Hmm. right? But God was silent for 400 years. That is a long time Mm -hmm. not to hear. And yet, there were some Jews who were faithful and still waiting for the coming of the Messiah. So that's where we are. That's a that's a really good summary because it's exactly where we pick up today. <laughs> Jerusalem is sort of the center of our story today. We we pick up with two characters that we've never seen before, Zechariah and Elizabeth. This is the first time we see them in scripture. Um so what do we know about them? There are other Zacharias. This mm-hmm. Zechariah is the mm-hmm. priestly one, the one in mm-hmm. the in the in the Christmas story, basically. Um well, from this text, we don't know much about them, but what we do know is what we read here. Zechariah, he's from the priestly division of, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, Abijah. I don't know what it is. And we also, what is it? Well, who knows? It. We yeah. just all do our best. That's okay. <laughs> but he's from a priestly line. That's what we know. And priestly division is what it says. We also It says that Elizabeth was also descended from Aaron. Mm-hmm. What we know then is that they're both from priestly lines. Aaron was the priestly line that come through uh, Jacob's sons. Levi was the one where all the priests came through. Mm-hmm. Um we know also because of that that they were kind of prestigious. Uh, uh, they were highly thought of, mm-hmm. also highly scrutinized when you come from a priestly line. Um, yeah. And it's not often that a, a priest and would also be married from a woman from the priestly line. So this makes them kind of super uh, prestigious, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we also know that they're righteous before God and that they led a righteous life. However, we only know that because the scripture says it here. I promise you, 
some of the things also that we know about them will tell us that they're, that's not what the other Jews around them thought of them. And that's because it says here that Elizabeth was childless, mm. and they were mm. well along in their years. And we've talked about this before, but in their culture, to be childless, it was seen as a punishment. Yeah. Often, the people around you would assume that you have done something wrong. It's a disgrace. Elizabeth says that. It's some translations have called it a reproach in mm-hmm. verse 25, mm-hmm. that God somehow is punishing you if you have not been able to have children. So everyone around them thought that they did something wrong to deserve this punishment. That's, that's the backdrop of what is happening here. So not only did Elizabeth have to deal with this pain and sadness that she didn't have any children, but we can assume that she also had the pain and isolation of the whispers, the rumors, yeah. people talking about her, making assumptions and judging her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, we've talked about this a couple of times in our lessons this year. It's yeah. a painful thing, whether it's, you know, you can't get pregnant, you can't keep a pregnancy, whatever it is. So thank you for pointing that out again and explaining it to us. It must have been extra bad for her because she was from the priestly line and they did have higher expectations of priests and they were more than normally um, scrutinized. Yeah, and it's, so I mean, it's kind of double for you her. You think of like even Hannah, we'll, we'll, we'll liken back to Hannah later too, because, but we see her again, but there, we have so many times yeah. in these where we see yeah. this. And mm-hmm. so, but this making assumptions, whispers, rumors, I'm sure none of us can relate <laughs> right. to that. No, no, right. none of us, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but here's what we see today that God hadn't forgotten Elizabeth. This story in our scripture, it begins this new chapter for Elizabeth and Zechariah. And well, frankly, for all of God's people, right? Mm -hmm. This is a huge story. This is his plan for redemption. So what does it tell us? It tells us, okay, Zachariah is going, he's going to do his priestly duties, Mm -hmm. it says. Well, here's, we talked about it just a minute ago. Every descendant of Aaron was a priest. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of priests. They didn't all work at the same time, except for three times a year. All of them would come to do some sort of priestly duties, and that's Passover, Pentecost. Who knew that Jews had Pentecost mm. as well? It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a different thing, but, uh, and the Feast of the Tabernacles, those three times. When it was all hands on deck. All hands on deck. Yeah. The rest of the time, they were divided into 24 different groups. That's this group that, this division mm-hmm. that they talk about for Aaron, for, um, I mean, for Zechariah. That's his group. And they rotate. They each take two weeks out of the year, mm-hmm. and they rotate. So this was Zechariah's group's time, which I thought was just really interesting. That's why he's there. That's yeah. why he's there to do this. Mm-hmm. This is a special time for him. They get excited. They only get to do this two weeks a year, and they cast lots to see who gets to do what. And he, when he, his lot came, he got to do something that some priests never got to do in their entire lives which was to go into the Holy of Holies and burn the incense and pray. Mm. This is a really special thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool that right here is when God decides to meet him, to tell him this life-changing news. Mm. (laughs) He tells him he's going to have a son, this really special son at that. And and we even learn from the, the names of these sons, because John means that God is gracious. The Lord is gracious. And you see the graciousness of God. To, to both of them, but especially to Elizabeth and giving her a son at this time. So all that we know is he comes out, he's mute, unable to speak or tell what he's seen. But I want to focus on the women in this study. Yeah. That's what we're doing, That's right? right? Mm-hmm. And um, I tried, but the, it's a little hard to do with Elizabeth because this entire first section, it's 20 verses from five to 25. She's only really in two of them. <laughs> and that's these last two. But she is the point. 
She is the point for what we're studying today. And yeah, yeah she is the point here that God is gracious. That John, meaning the Lord is gracious, God is gracious to Elizabeth mm-hmm. in this and giving her this son. Uh, he is, a, if anything, a little annoyed with Zachariah <laughs> and just makes him mute. No, you can't speak. But um, Which also may have been grace to Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe. Uh, who knows? Yes, actually, I think you're right. I think the way this story plays out, all of it, you yeah. can tell that. You can see God is the main actor in this mm-hmm. over and over and over. His providence again. Mm-hmm. And we see, okay, so he, what we find out, we don't, we don't see any announcement that she has. We just know that she becomes pregnant after all this time. And what happens? She's overjoyed and mm-hmm. she thanks God. She even, what, what is it that she says? She says that God has taken away my disgrace from among the people. He's, mm-hmm. put, he's found favor. I found mm-hmm. favor with God. And then it tells us she goes away. And she remains in seclusion. Why does she do this? She's so grateful. She's, God has shown his favor, taken away her disgrace from among the people. Wouldn't she want to stay finally and get to enjoy <laughs> yeah. this grace and favor that she has? And maybe even gloat a little? I don't know. It doesn't tell us. But we can take some guesses as to why she went away. Mm-hmm. Um, first, she's well along in years. That's yes. what it says. Yes. Um, but she's pregnant. It's not going to be an easy pregnancy. This gives her time away to rest and focus on just, just growing this baby, taking just, care yeah, of herself. just taking yeah. care of herself. And, and maybe she wants to be in seclusion before she shares this good news because she wants to make sure she doesn't miscarry. I mean, yes. She may have done that in the past, too. We don't know. And also, probably her circle of friends wouldn't understand or remember <laughs> what she's going through. And yeah. A lot of them probably wouldn't even believe her. And her husband, he can't speak right now, so right. he can't even corroborate her story. <laughs> So I, you can kind of see also she's just over the yeah. whispers and the rumors yeah. and the ridicule. She just wants to go away and return when it's pretty irrefutable that, that all of this is true. They they can't refute it once she's five months, yeah. six yeah. months yeah. pregnant. So, um, And so she does just that. She goes away and she stays in seclusion for five months. And that's what we see about Elizabeth. And that's where Mary enters our story mm-hmm. today. It even tells us in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy— that's when Mary shows up, and that's when we see her. Again, the first time we see her. Now, Mary, what do we see about her in here? She's the complete opposite of Elizabeth in almost every way. She's not well along in years. She's young. We Very know young. that because she's yeah. betrothed to be married to someone. She, she's poor. She's modest. She's not from a prestigious family. She's not married to someone of stature and prominence. Sex. She's not even married yet. Yeah. People probably didn't talk about her behind her back. I I imagine people probably didn't talk about her at all. She's still almost a child, really. Mm. And um, an angel visits her, much in the same way the angel visited Zechariah six months ago. Very similar. uh, You can see the parallels between the two angel uh, prophecies, their their announcements. Mm -hmm. You can see they say, be not afraid. This is a—he basically tells her something impossible is going to happen. Exactly what he told Zechariah. This impossible thing is going to happen. She's going to bear a son who's really special. Just like John's name means the Lord is gracious, Jesus' name name means the Lord is salvation. He is telling what God's plan, this new plan that he is hatching for the salvation of his people. And she asks, just like Zechariah, how is all of this going to happen? And there are differences between that too. But look, there's a gift that God gives her here that I never noticed before. He tells her how it's going to happen. Very plainly, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You'll, you'll be with child. But then 
he gives her this little nugget that I never noticed before. He gives her proof of how God can do the impossible. He says, even your relative Elizabeth, she's pregnant. Yeah, who would believe that? Mm. Who would believe that? But also, I never, I never knew how God connected these women very yeah. early on. I, n- I never noticed it before. Mm-hmm. He, um, Elizabeth's her relative. We don't know how. We just know she is. Some people have gone through lots of things. Well, they're, you know, uh, Mary's from the line of Judah, and and we know that Elizabeth is a priestly line, so she's from the line of Levi. How can they be related? You know, some people say they're cousins. Well, maybe their moms were related. We don't know. And mm-hmm. that's that's not what matters. We know that Mary knows her well enough to go and visit her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She knows her. Yeah. She knows this woman who has been probably somewhat of a mother, aunt, cousin. And she's w- well older than her, right. but someone who's been an encourager or someone who she knew enough to go away and see her. And I, it's we learn that she um, she rushes to go see Elizabeth. Uh, maybe because she's excited for, I don't know, maybe because Mary's excited for herself too, or uh, maybe a little scared. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, as a matter of fact, um, where Mary lived, you know, Nazareth, out to the outskirts of Jerusalem, which is where Zechariah and Elizabeth um, were believed to live. Uh, it's like a hundred mile journey. It's not yeah. like That's five she, days. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, a long she, time. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and of course, the questions came to me. How did she get there? Who took her? Her parents let her go? I don't, all these questions. She's too young to be traveling by Yeah, herself. we don't know how she got there, who took her. But, yeah. but what we know is that this was an unbelievable gift that God gave her. I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, it had to be because if nothing else, she has someone that is in the same circumstance, yep. right? Miraculous. And, you know, they can't probably explain to each other even, but no. to be united in something like that and would we, just be so exciting. I totally agree that yeah. what it, it's this gift that God gives her that she goes, for whatever reason, yeah. to go visit Elizabeth. Um, and many things. First of all, it's believable mm-hmm. to her parents. She, I don't even know if anybody around her knew that she was pregnant yet, right. right? But it's believable to everybody in her little village. I'm going to see my relative who's pregnant to celebrate her. So it gives her this kind of cover story, right? To be away for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it it uh, gives her a few months of um, respite before mm-hmm. the difficulty ahead yeah. of being pregnant, of of, but also of all of the rumors and stuff that are going to start for her. Yeah. When she shows up pregnant and she's not married yet. And who better to encourage her through that than Elizabeth? Right. Who's dealt with this for many she, years. Probably she decades. Yeah, yeah, probably. And for the first three months of Mary's pregnancy, she is surrounded and supported by someone who understands her calling. Yeah. Who knows this impossible thing has happened to me mm-hmm. and this is not about me. It is about something that God has done for me. Mm-hmm. She understands the unbelievable work of God in all of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a that's going to be a really beautiful gift for Mary as she begins her life as the mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we get this small glimpse here of of this sweet and beautiful uh, relationship and this interchange between them when Mary arrives. Um because we don't even know if Elizabeth knew Mary was pregnant. We don't we don't know. We know that that I mean Elizabeth's well along now. She's 6 months along. Probably everybody knew, but we didn't we don't know, but what mm-hmm. happens there is Elizabeth tells her the baby in my womb leapt when you got yeah. here. I, and and then she says this beautiful thing about being the favored one. And um, and then you see Mary filled with the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. she sings the song. They call it the Magnificat. It is, I mean, it's 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 known. It's sung a lot. And yeah. it's all about this song of praise to God. So instead of feeling scared or worried or yeah. how am I going to explain this to 
everyone, she she starts her pregnancy. She starts this time of of remembering that God mm-hmm. is the one that's faithful. Mm-hmm. It talks about how powerful he is, how much he blesses those who fear and know him, how he he exalts the humble and the and 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 takes down the proud. It's it's a beautiful, it's this beautiful picture of who God is yeah. and what he does. And um don't you know Mary went back to that memory yes. over and over yeah. and over again. In of her course life. she did. As a matter of fact, yeah. Jan, so many times in the scripture from this point on, it talks about Mary pondered this in her mm-hmm. heart, yeah. pondered this yeah. in her heart. You know, you can see that God is planting these things and it starts here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful picture of these two women celebrating each other and encouraging each other. Um, That's kind of where I want to go today, because um, when I was doing this study, when I was just doing my lesson for the first time, Mm -hmm. I had just been a part of our, um, we have a new members class at Mm -hmm. our church. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, it's cool the way our church does this, actually. The new members come, we have like 30 of them. And they come for a few weeks. I think it's three. And it, for each week, we talk about um, a pillar of our um, our church. Mm-hmm. And um, the very first week, I, and, and then what they do is you split them off into small groups, small mm-hmm. groups, but mm-hmm. meaning just people that have just come to join the church. And somebody leads that small group and you ask them a little bit about their background and mm-hmm. they get to know each other. So what I love about it is that our church starts right away with community. Yeah. If you want to join our church, the first thing we do is we put you in community. Well, I had the, I, I it was such a blessing to get to be a small group leader for this. I'm mm-hmm. not a new member of the church, no, but that's why they needed you. <laughs> but I was able to do this, and um, at at the very start, we all gathered together, and the first thing that one of our pastors talked about was um, our mission statement, which mm-hmm. is that we are a church who are encouraging one another to follow Jesus where we live, work, and play. And what was so cool is she talked about the word encourage, mm. and that the word encourage literally means, it's an old French word, actually, and it means um, to put in courage, mm. to give or to put in courage to someone else. So when you, are, um, when you are encouraging someone, the word really means to put in courage. You're giving them courage. Mm. And um, this idea of giving courage was in this backdrop as I read this. Yeah. And that's what I saw. So when I did this lesson, I just, I heard that definition of encourage, and it made me see this lesson with new eyes. We've all read it so many times, or we know about the Christmas story, mm-hmm. but I had never seen it. Why do we study Mary and Elizabeth together? I wondered it at the first, because God interwove these women from the very beginning. Yeah. From the very beginning, it was his plan all along. In this gospel, the women are linked together. Mary is introduced within the timeline of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and then mm-hmm. she goes to her. Th- Mary spends the first three months of her pregnancy with Elizabeth. God gave them as a gift to each other to encourage them and to go have someone to go along with this journey with. Mm-hmm. I had that recently happen mm-hmm. when my mother passed away. I went through mm-hmm. a class at our church of others who yeah. had lost someone. There's something about going through something with someone who can encourage you, who knows what you're going mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. He didn't intend for them to do this alone. He never intended for Mary to do this alone. Yeah. And he doesn't intend any of us who are following him to do it alone either. That's right. He's chosen us and he's given us people to walk alongside us and to encourage us, to keep pointing us back, not just to ourselves, but to him. Yeah. And um, maybe, who are those people for you? I wondered who, (laughs) I thought about that. Maybe some unlikely 
some opposite from you in every way. But God's gift of people may be like that, but they're essential to our life of faith. Mm-hmm. How do we know who those people are? I thought about it. Look at the fruit in your life because your relationship mm-hmm. with them, do they put courage into you and keep you following Jesus where he's called you? We don't see Elizabeth again after this time. Well, we do see her right after John the Baptist is born. Mm-hmm. And they both have to say his name is John. Elizabeth, I mean, yeah. Zechariah writes it, but <laughs> we don't see her again after this time. But we do see Mary. And that's what we see through the rest of this lesson. I, it's a long lesson. I'm not going to have time to go through all of it at mm-hmm. all, all these eight pages. But I want all of you in your small groups or sometime to look through it through this lens. Mm-hmm. Look at all of these encounters that Mary has with these people, Simeon, Anna, and and look at it through the lens of encouragement. Mm-hmm. How, Because you sometimes get lost in the day-to-day of following God's plan in your life. Mm-hmm. You get lost in the ordinary of it, and you forget the wonder of the fact that He's called you to do this. And um, you'll see that. I, look through the lens of encouragement, how Simeon, when he sees Jesus, I mean, we didn't even study the fact that the shepherds come and the wise men come, right. all these things that Mary ponders in her heart, she just keeps them tucked away to remember, God called me to do this. God called me, God is, God is favoring me. This mm-hmm. is, and, and, she, and she goes back, I promise you, Jan, like you said, to that song that she sang. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just look at it through those eight pages to see the ways that she's encouraged and remembered. You know, I, that's a wonderful lens, and I had never really thought of that, uh, Meredith. But when you look at it that way, it, you look at how God continually sends people to encourage her throughout the rest of her life. I'm just thinking, uh, you know, when Jesus was eight days old, they took him to be circumcised. Well, he's eight days old. She has a brand new baby. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's doing, right? So mm-hmm. she goes to the temple, and this old geezer who's been there forever comes and wants to hold her baby. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. It's, but he blesses her, and then the prophetess Anna blesses him as well. Yeah. And so she knows when this baby is one week old that God is still in charge, and he's still sending people to encourage her. And, and wait, but also it's an, a mutual encouragement. Yes. Simeon says, mm-hmm. I, I can die now. Waiting, yeah. right? I've, I've been yeah. waiting. I've seen the so glory of the Lord. When God mm-hmm. gives uh, these encouragers to her, yeah, it's a mutual encouragement. That's oh, what yeah. I love also. And you see it all the way through. Yeah. And uh, the, one of my favorite ones is, you know, when Jesus was 12 and he hung back after they had been to celebrate. <laughs> yes. And, you know, they were going off with everybody. And mm-hmm. some lady looks up at the end of the day and goes, where's Jesus? I don't know. I thought you had him. I thought <laughs> yeah. you had him. And every parent can identify to that. Yes. Yep. So she goes back. They look all over for him. She finds him in the temple. And, you know, he encouraged her. Yeah, he, just, he he didn't yell at her. Say, "Mom," you know. Yeah, he just said, "Look, that I'm I'm about my father's business. You should you should remember that." And that was a way of encouraging her to remember what his calling is and what her calling was. Yep, was to raise this young man yes. as God's son. You know, I just I, that was just such a tender scene because you know she wanted to wring his neck anyway. <laughs> well, and <laughs> you know sweet. he did put all these people in her life, and he was also there. To encourage her through the really difficult times, you know, thinking about her at the foot of the cross, could there be anything worse to Mm. watch than your child being crucified? And, you know, she was in the company of other women who also loved Jesus. She wasn't there by herself. Mm. You know, he just, when Jesus handed her right before he died to his beloved disciple, John, he was paying attention and just 
finding ways to encourage her. It's going to be okay. John will take care of mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. She'll, you will not be alone. That's a good point. It's just, oh, there's just so much to think about. All right, Meredith, this is a lot. You're right. Yeah. Um, but it's all really fun and interesting and, and you've it's done a great stuff. job. Yeah, it's good stuff. So do you have any questions that you want to leave us with today? I do. I have two actually, but I want to tell a quick story between each, before each one if I could. So um, the first is that this year um, I was asked this summer, they asked me if I'd be willing to come back and be a children's choir director at Covenant. And um, I had been praying about sort of what was next and also ways to honor my mom, who she was an early childhood educator uh, for music. And Mm -hmm. um, so I, I had this moment when I got the call, I think God is calling me to do this right now. I prayed about it. I prayed with my husband. I had been praying about what was next and also ways to honor my mom. And, and so when I got the call, I, I thought, yeah, this is something I'm supposed to do. And then I started, I had four and five-year-olds. I do have four and five-year-olds. <laughs> I love them. I love them so much, but it, this is also challenging. It's challenging. <laughs> I'm, first of all, I'm not a teacher. So classroom management, I'm still working on, but um, so I, this fall had so much fun with them, but I also, um, the, I, the head choir director, she t- went to me and she said, I think Maybe there's this conference in January. I think you should go to it because it just will give you tools and tips training. Like, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, this will be really good. I'll go and I'll get some good, I'll go to some good sessions Mm -hmm. and I'll get some good kind of tools in my belt for teaching children's choir. It's been a long time. I'm rusty. And so I just, I thought, that's what I thought when I was going to this conference. And I did this early, just a few weeks ago. And um, it's true. I did. I got, I went to a lot of conferences. I got a lot of knowledge. But the thing that I really came away with, I have to tell you, we had these worship times where we'd go in and um, we would have a speaker. And it was the speaker was always someone who was doing children's choir and had done it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they kept saying was, God has called you to this. These are little people mm-hmm. that you are growing up. People remember music yes. for much longer oh, than they yes. ever remember. Yeah. It was what I got was not the knowledge. that That was really important. Mm-hmm. But what actually was eternal for me. And what I needed, and I didn't realize, was I needed that encouragement. I needed someone to give me courage to say, what you're doing is important. Keep going. Keep going. And it was so, I came back from that conference just excited again to remember my purpose and my calling in this, in this little thing that I do for Mm -hmm. a couple hours a week. But it is, it is the hardest and the most fulfilling and rewarding two hours of my week. And yeah. um, it, 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 it just brought me this courage that I needed. I didn't even know I needed it, actually. Yeah. I didn't even know I needed it. So I my, I don't know if you know this, but your face just lit up. Yeah, I'm sure it did I because I love these kids. But I also, I, when I do it in my own strength and I think it's all about me, it's a different thing. But remembering why I'm doing, yeah. remembering mm-hmm. my why, it was such an important thing for me. And that's, so that's my question. Okay. Is there a place where you've lost courage, where you need someone, you need God to send you someone to put mm. courage back in? Mm. Um, that's that's my question. I don't I don't know where that is. Who you're surrounding yourself with? Who are you listening to? But really, honestly, just ask God to give you courage again to put that courage back into you and be looking for the people that it will send. And the second story I have, um, I this is a very recent thing that happened. I went recently very recently with a friend of mine who is, she has a daughter who's a senior and she's a cheerleader. So I went with her to one of her daughter's cheer competitions. And this was a multi-day thing. So the, they, you know, there are preliminaries and semifinals and finals and all this stuff. So I went on the one day and we were there and 
This is a big production. I don't know if y'all have ever been to one of these things. Yeah, I have yeah. been to one. It's yeah. amazing. It's not like being at a football game. This mm-hmm. is like, you know, they bring their 30 cheerleaders and they, they have a routine. They have the, these different things that they do to kind of simulate being at a football game and, and cheering or, or a basketball game or whatever, cheering on the mm-hmm. sidelines. <clears throat> but they bring props when they come. They, they're all dressed up in their cheer uniforms. They do stunts and all of that stuff. But they also bring props and they have specific cheers that they do for their team. You know, and this one was go, pack, go. So they would have one sign that says go. And then they had four signs. It was the P-A-C-K. And then they had another sign for the go. And they, they had lots of signs. So we went, saw our cheer. They did a great job. It was really fun to be there. And um, you know, went and um, we were away. We were out of town. So we spent the night and then we uh, were going to get up at the next cheer day. We found out they made the next round. Yay. Then so the next cheer wasn't like till that night, mm-hmm. six o'clock. So Ooh. my friend and I were doing stuff and we get a text. She gets a text from her daughter. We don't have the K. <laughs> oh, no. And we're like, wait, what? Turns out the place where they competed the night before, whoever, and these are high school yeah, girls. So right. maybe the 14-year-old that was supposed to remember her K didn't bring it, it back yeah, to her. Yeah. So they're all freaking out. They're out of town. They don't, they don't have backup Ks anywhere. It's, and um, here, though, is the story, is that the coach of these girls, oh. and I understand she was probably really stressed, but she... She, this is the story that was relayed to us from my friend's daughter is she basically told the girls, I can't believe you all did this. We might as well just go home now. We're going to lose. And it was this whole day of drama. Uh, Turns out, if you fast forward in the story, the the coach went over to the place. She never came back to the girls, but the K was eventually found. But all the damage was kind of done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. There and my friend didn't get to see her daughter until that night when we when we went to her cheer competition, and it when I watched my friend with her daughter, mm. the juxtaposition of what could have happened with that coach, because these are fourteen, fifteen, sixteen young girls yeah. who were scared, and one of them, whoever it was that lost the case, felt really bad, yeah, mm-hmm. and. And that was a time when they needed courage. Mm-hmm. And it was a time when this coach could have given that to them and said, you know what? It's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. You guys did great. I'm so proud of you. We will make this work. And that's all of the things that my friend said to her daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I had this peek into their relationship and to see this beautiful um, way that she encouraged her daughter. I'm proud of you. You've been resilient through all of this. You guys are going to do great. Um, and I just, the question came to me is, who are you called to encourage? Yeah. That's the question. Who has God given you in your life to give courage to? Be mindful of who God has gifted to you, yeah. as Mary was gifted to Elizabeth in this story. It's a high and holy calling. Yeah. And those people that God has placed in your life to encourage, are you putting courage into their lives and their hearts and their minds, or are you doing the opposite? Are you reminding them of the faithfulness of God, of his call on their life, and celebrating them? It was a question that came to me, and it, mm. it, it, um, it reminded me to put maybe some of my own feelings aside sometimes to pause mm-hmm. and be patient like all of the women are in this story and remember what God has called, what God has placed these people in my life for and and the ways that I can be an encourager or not. 
Meredith, mm. I can't thank you enough for <clears throat> just this whole topic of encouragement. It's just hugely important. We need to be encouraged, but we also need to be encouragers. And these are great questions for us to be thinking about. So thank you again so much for coming. Yeah. And until next time. <laughs>